Thanks, Mark, for the introduction. Um, what a great morning in church we're having um, as we come together this morning. Now, who of you are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Because I know I certainly am excited. You know, waking up on a Sunday, I'm always waking up expecting to encounter God in my life. Now, church, before we start this morning, let's just turn our, shut our eyes and just turn to God in your prayers. Lord Jesus, I just pray, Father, that as we um, spend time in your word this morning, Lord, that we come to church to encounter your presence, Lord. I pray, Father, that we put aside our distractions, Jesus, and come with an expectation to walk out changed, an expectation to be touched by your Holy Spirit this morning. Are you with me, church? Amen. Now, if you've got your Bibles with you, please turn to the scripture of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Now, before we start, I would just like to share something that God's been stirring in my heart and stirring in my thoughts and it is, you know, the life that we live today and how busy we sometimes get in this modern society. You know, sometimes subconsciously or without knowing it, we are experiencing a diminished or watered down power of the Word of God in our lives. Now, that might sound pretty confronting. And you might be thinking, how is this the case? But I want to make the three points that God has showed to me. You see, point one is that we sometimes forget that the Word of God is still alive and still carries power today. You see, the second thing is that sometimes we might read the Bible, but we don't faithfully apply what the Word says in our lives. Now, the third thing is when we get so busy with what's happening in our lives, our work, our careers, our social gatherings, or whatever that might be, we shift our priorities away from the call of God in our lives and away from His Word. Now, the reason I make that point this morning, church, is because sometimes I feel like in our own lives, where we've been praying for a breakthrough, where we want a victory over a certain situation, we don't see that breakthrough because we don't turn to God's Word. You see, church, when we don't see God and live in the promises He has for our Word, we can sometimes, and um, we reject ourselves from accessing the promises that He has for us. You see, I believe that everyone that comes to church on a Sunday and everyone that gets to know God through faith desires to have a strong relationship with Him and wants to get to know God a bit more closely and intimately. Now, you see, church, if we don't recognize or if we fail to pick up our Bible regularly, if we fail to make time for God in our lives, if we don't put a priority to spend more time with God, our relationship with Him would never get any closer. We'd never get any closer to God. You see, church, when we don't spend time in His Word, we don't get to grab a full hold of the promises that He has for us. Now, an example of this, that all sounds pretty confusing, but an example of this is, in our own lives, you know, if you meet someone new, if you meet someone down the street, for example, if I walk past Sean and I think, oh, Sean Lever's a pretty nice guy. I would like to get to know him better. If I don't prioritize spending time with Sean or prioritize spend t- time for Sean in my life, if I don't spend time with him to get to know him better, my relationship with Sean will never change. You see, me and Sean will never get to know each other better. And just like that, church, we need to make time for Jesus in our lives. We need to prioritize time for, of his word, time for his word in our lives. And we need to make sure that we seek the promises that he has for us. You see, church, never expect more from God than what you're willing to invest in him. You see, our faith is not faith by words, but it's faith by action. You see, in Galatians 6 verse 8, it says, those who sow to please the Spirit will from the Spirit inherit eternal life. Now, you see, what that scripture is saying to me, what that verse says to me is that if I want to live in the promises that God has for me, if I want to live in the call of God in my life, I need to prioritize Him in my life and first shift my full attention to Him. You see, in the book of 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy and a few others who considered his sons in faith. Now, at this time in Paul's life, he was discipling Timothy. He was training Timothy 
and equipping him with the tools to continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in this time in Timothy's life, we can see that he was in the midst of persecution. While Paul was writing the book of 2 Timothy, he was being persecuted for his faith. He was being sentenced to death. Now you see, Timothy is not in a very lifeful situation here. You see, but yet with Timothy living in this uncertain time, knowing that the end of his life was looming, he did not lose faith. You see, instead of losing faith, Timothy took his final exhortations, his final efforts, his final moments to write to me and you, to encourage us to stand firm in the Word of God, to never lose our faith regardless of how tough life might get, regardless of the hardships that we face in this life. You see, church, before we move on this morning, I want to share something with you quickly. You see, it's important that we grab a hold of the fact that every word in the Bible carries an equal importance. You see, every word in the Bible is equally weighted. Now, some of you are probably thinking, oh, Bernard's lost it here this morning. The words in red are the most important words because that's what Jesus said. But I want to tell you, church, if you look at 3 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, it says, All scriptures are God-breathed. You see, God is the author of this whole book. God wrote every word in the Bible from the start of Genesis to the end of Revelation. It was all breathed to life through Jesus Christ. Now, you see, church, in the first few verses of Timothy 1, Paul, Paul greets Timothy and reminds him again of the purpose of apostleship. He reminds him that that purpose is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share the life that is found in Jesus Christ. You see, this brings me to my first point I'd like to make this morning, and that is the Word of God gives us sincere faith. You know, we can't always see God in our lives, and we can't always see, we can't always see God, but we know through our faith that He is real. We know through the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives that God is moving in the midst of our situations. You see, if we look at Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, church, an example of this is we can think of God a bit like the wind. You know, we walk around, we can't see the wind. The wind doesn't have a physical form, but we can see the evidence of the wind as it blows against us, blows through the treetops, stirs up storms across the oceans. You see, church, just like that, we might not be able to see God in our lives, but we know by faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, He is there with us and He moves throughout our lives. Now, you see, church, God can move powerfully when we call upon His name. When we need a breakthrough in our life, or in times when we need to see a victory, God can move powerfully in that situation. But just like a gentle breeze, God can come in and by His love, replace your pain, and replace your pain, with grace. You see, church, God can come to your lowest of lows and lift you up by the love He has for you. You see, but just like the wind, if we go to the airport, we see a windsock, and you know, we look at that windsock, and we can see the wind's coming from that direction, and it's blowing us, or blowing in that direction. Just like that, church, I want us to grasp this this morning. God will always flow us back to the promises and the purpose He has in your life. You see, it doesn't matter how lost you have become, or how far you've walked away from God. Through repentance and through the Bible, God will always black you back, blow you back to the purpose that He has for you. Now, let's just, let's just take a second to think about that. If we look at 2 Timothy 1 verses 3 and 5, Timothy writes, or Paul writes, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day I remember you in my prayers. If we look at verse 5, Paul writes, I remember the genuine faith, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the same faith that first filled your grandmother and then your mother Eunice. 
You see, what Paul is telling Timothy here is that he first saw the same faith that Timothy carries in his grandmother and also his mother. He's making the point to Timothy here that he lives a life of a faith heritage. He lives a life of passed down faith. And now you see, sometimes in my own life, I'm encouraged and reminded of the times when I was younger. My parents would get us together as a family and we'd spend time in his word and they'd seek direction from God regardless of the situation we were in. You see, church, in those times where they might not see, where they didn't, couldn't see God, they remained faithful to his word and they trusted that God was in the midst of their situation and that God will see a way through to the other side. God will see a victory. You know, it doesn't matter what came, victory or defeat, God was there with them and God always has a way. Now, you see, church, just like Timothy has a heritage of faith stilled up in him, you and me have that same heritage and faith in us as we become sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. You see, we receive a heritage of faith or pass down faith from those who went before us, those who we allowed to speak into our life, to sow into our lives, our pastors, our coverings, the people and relationships around us. You see, church, as we move on this morning, I don't know who I'm talking to here today, but for some of us, the reason we are here in church today, not lost in the world, is because someone had the faith to keep praying for us. You see, someone had the endurance in their faith, regardless of what was happening in their situation or in their life, to keep praying for your salvation, church. Can we get an amen in this house this morning? You see, some of us are sitting here pretty quiet. Shake yourselves awake, you know. We're in the second service here. It's not the 9 a.m., it's the 11 a.m. or 10.30. You see, you see, church, I just want to challenge us this morning. Imagine if everyone in the life of the church prioritized spending time with Jesus and stirred up the gift of faith upon their lives. You tell you, if that's the way that we live, church, we would see our communities impacted for the kingdom of God. We would see more salvations in Port Lincoln. Heck, we'd probably even need a bigger building next week, church. You see, it's our responsibility to stir up the gift of faith that we've received from God. You see, it's our responsibility to step into the call of God upon our lives, church. Because if we don't awake this gift and we don't take hold of the promises God has for us in His Word, we will never fulfill the destiny that God has called us to. You see, the destiny that God has called us to is so far greater than what you can imagine for yourself. You see, God's perspective is so different from yours. It's so different from the perspective that we live in. You see, God's perspective comes from a spiritual perspective. He can see past our natural circumstances. So church, Timothy or Paul tells us in this letter or this chapter, you better understand that God has not given you a spirit of fear. You see, um, if you look at the meaning of fear, it is one who flees or shows cowardice. But if you look at what the Bible says about fear, in Proverbs 28 verse 1, it says, um, the wicked will flee when no one pursues. Now that's a pretty clear picture of fear. Imagine if I was running around here with no one chasing me, but I'm too fearful to stop just in case someone does. You see, church, but it goes on to say that the righteous remain as bold as a lion. And I want to continue. In Acts 4 verse 31, it says, that where they gathered, that place was shaken. They were filled by the power of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, and they continued to speak the Word of God with boldness, church. You see, with boldness, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but has given you a spirit of boldness and strength through the Holy Spirit that come what may in your life, in your circumstances, that you can step into the promise of God, keep believing that He's there, and that He will see you through, church. You see, the Spirit of power, the Holy Ghost that lives inside you, gives you authority over fear. It gives you boldness to hold on to the promises. You see, church, we're called to fear nothing in this life. The only thing we should fear as Christians is missing out on the purpose, the promise, and the destiny God has called you to, church. 
I want you to think about that this morning. Now, I'm moving pretty quickly, but the second point here is the Word of God gives us a boldness. You see, Paul writes in 2 Timothy 1 verse 12, I suffer, but I'm not ashamed. I'm just going to wet my mouth. Take an intermission. All right, and we're back, baby. Let's roll. You see, church, it is, there's a clear connection between the call of Timothy on his life to not be ashamed for the gospel of Jesus Christ, but to share in the suffering of the gospel. You see, just like that, we as Christians should not be ashamed of the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 1 verse 8 to 10, So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength that God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to a life, a holy life. He did not do this because we deserved it, but because this was his plan from before the beginning of time. You see, Paul concludes here in verse 10, where he says, And he now made this plain to us through the appearance of Jesus Christ our Savior. He broke the power of death. He illuminated the way to life and immortality through the sacrifice of... Or, Sorry, Joseph, I just lost my spot here. Um, by, by the good news. Now, what I want us to capture in this part of the scripture is that this is a very clear summary why you and I, why we as Christians live with a spirit of power, live with the spirit of the Holy Ghost inside us, live free from our sins and in forgiveness, live covered by God's grace. And you see, church, that's pretty obvious. The answer for that is because of salvation through Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, he abolished the curse of death. And he brought life for all of us so that we can live in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, church, are we still here this morning? Can I get an amen in the house? You see, God, church, I want to encourage you. God, it's not God's purpose for you and me to come to church every Sunday and leave not changed. You see, God's not called us to come to church and treat it as a social gathering where we catch up with the friends and the people we didn't see throughout the week. God did not call for us to come in with the one mindset and leave with our mindsets unchanged, church. Do we get that this morning? You see, I want to challenge us. It's God's desire for us that we come to church expecting to encounter God. It's God's desire for us to come to church each Sunday with a greater hunger to experience Him. You see, church, it's God's desire for His people that we come to church so powerfully impacted by the power of the Holy Ghost that the way that we walked into this house this morning is not the same anymore. The way that we came in this morning does not satisfy us, but rather we leave with an expectation to experience God upon our life, to step into the call that He has for us because we know and we are confident that that way of life far surpasses the life we can envision for ourselves, church. Now, do we get that here this morning? You see... God's word calls us to not be ashamed of the gospel. Now you might say, oh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. None of us are, you see. But I want to challenge you this morning. There's something God's been challenging me with. And this is a question he's been asking me. Now when was the last time, Bernard, you talked to someone about your faith? When was the last time you went into your workplace or went into the world around you and asked someone to come to church? You see... For some of us here, that might be today, yesterday, whenever that might be. But I want to challenge myself and also challenge you this morning. If you can't remember why the, the last time you did that, why might that be? Is it because we have not grasped onto the promises that God has for us in His Word? 
to step into a spirit of boldness, to step into a spirit of power by the Holy, by the Holy Ghost that lives inside us? Or is it because we're still fearful of what society thinks of us when we share the gospel? Is it still that we are fearful what our friends might think of us when we bravely and unashamedly share the good news that is Jesus Christ, church? You see, we in Australia here are pretty lucky. You know, I'm pretty sure none of us here drove to church this morning and had a rock thrown at our car or were stopped and persecuted for being a Christian. You see, here in Australia, we have the freedom to express our faith, church. But it's not like that in every part across the world. You see... Christians are still being violently persecuted for what they stand for. Now, I've always been thinking, why might that be? Why is that the case? You see, church, it is because the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, the promise of salvation through Jesus, is the only real true faith that exists in the world that we live in. You see, church, the reason we are persecuted for that faith is because the devil knows this. The devil is scared of the spirit of power that lives inside of us. And he knows that when we step into the call of God upon our lives and we fulfill God's promises he has for us, that we as a church will see more souls won for the kingdom. You see, church, the devil knows that when we step into the calling of God upon our lives, we will shine so brightly in our community that there will be no more space for darkness. You see, we would have authority over fear so that whatever lies the devil throws against us, we can stand boldly upon. You see, if we awaken the Spirit of God upon our lives and through repentance keep coming back to the Word of Jesus Christ, we will always have a bold standing over fear. You see, church, are we, do we get that this morning? Are we here? Are we still awake? Can we keep going on? All right, church. Now, this brings me to my third point. Now, we see that the Word of God gives us a sincere faith. The Word of God gives us a bold standing. But, church... The Word of God always gives us a confident example. You see, God puts words into this living Word that encourages us that regardless in situations of, you know, hardship or situations of victory, we can always find a story and encouragement that we can learn from. You see, Paul writes in 2 Timothy 1 verse 15, You are aware that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermonides. Now, you see, we don't really find out any much more about these characters in the Bible. But all that Paul says is that because of his faith, because of his unashamed standing from the gospel of Jesus Christ, they chose to walk away from him. You see, church, they chose to abandon Paul because of what he believed. But I can tell you, church, that sometimes the life, life of the gospel or living for the call of God upon your life might also get lonely. We might experience people walking away from us. You see... We might experience people in our workplaces rejecting us or judging us for what we believe. But I want to tell you, church, the promises that God has for us in His Word tells us that the struggles that we come against, the hardships that we face in this lifetime are only momentary. You see, in the perspective of eternity, it's only a second that we're suffering for. You see, church, in a life where there's so much change happening, where there's so much struggle with identity, when we live for the call of God upon your life and you live for the gospel that is Jesus Christ, you can wake up every morning knowing that you have a true identity, that you have a true call of Jesus upon your life and that you have a very divine purpose and you're called to something greater, church. You see, and Paul encourages us further, just as people might walk away from you, God will always bring someone into your life to uplift you, put relationships into your life that bless you in your time of need. We've learned from Pastor Rob last week that God provides a blessing where a need is seen. You see, God will always bring someone along your way to stand beside you. You see, we read in 2 Timothy 1, verse 16 to 18, Paul, Paul writes, May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus, 
and all of his family, for he often encouraged me. You see, Paul writes, he was never ashamed of me because of my chains. You see, may the Lord show him a special kindness on the day of Christ's return. Now, what Paul's showing us here, church, is that onciferous or onciforous, however you want to pronounce it, I'm not sure exactly myself, but Paul is showing us here that onciferous had the boldness in his own faith. Onciferous stood unashamedly with Paul to lift Paul up so that Paul held on to the promise of God in his life. So they Paul held on to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just like Onesiphorus stood with Paul in the face of persecution, God puts people around our life that will stand with us to pick up our cross, to walk through our times of challenge and to see victory on the other side. You see, we were never meant to or called to walk this faith of the walk of faith, or the journey of faith alone, but we're meant to walk it together to the people that we have around our lives. You know, we find unity and relationship in this church. We are called to God's people to come to church together. Iron sharpens iron, church. You see, we're never meant to walk this faith, this journey of faith alone. Now, as I close this morning, please, I want you to leave encouraged. God will always come through to those who remain faithful in Him to seek Him through His Word. You see, God has not given us the spirit of fear. He never promised us the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and the spirit of boldness through the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you as you leave this morning, step into the call of God upon your life. No matter what you're going through, turn back to the promises that God has for you in His Word because those promises don't have an expiry date and the call that God has for you does never expire. You see, your destiny in Jesus does not have an expiry date on it. As long as we come back to Jesus with repentance and believe in the good gospel of the goodness of Jesus Christ, we'll always have life eternal through Jesus. Thank you, church. Now as I close, I hope you all can carry something into the week and have a blessed week. Thank you.